station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie race car driver, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And we are joined by our movie novice, we're going to call him our movie pit stop guy, <laughs> Kelvin Hadley. Hello, Kelvin. Hello, I'm here. Yes, and we are all here tonight to watch the movie Cannonball Run, <laughs> which, uh, Kelvin, you have not seen. And as our movie amateur, I'm going to ask you to tell our audience at home, what do you know about the film Cannonball Run? Okay, I'm 90 to 95% sure I haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure you'd remember seeing it if you actually I, seen I, it. Uh, I have seen... Other movies by this director. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, really, uh, really, have named, you named uh, Hal Needham? <laughs> and everything he does seems to be cut from the same cloth. Yeah, which is like rednecks and cars doing, uh, driving too fast and wrecking. Man, there's you know nothing wrong with that, really. No, so. not really. So what you know about this movie is you believe it involves rednecks and cars. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I. I, I Okay, here's the thing. I, I have seen Smokey and the Bandit and Smokey the Bandit Part 2. That was a very long time ago. And everything in those movies has blurred together to such an, a degree <laughs> that I can't separate it out. And I may have seen, I'm sure I've seen clips of Cannonball Run, and that's all in there too. So I don't, I, I, I don't know how much of it I've actually seen. I mean, I know it's a big car race. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I think this is the movie where Dom DeLuise thinks he's a superhero. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe Dom DeLuise thinking he's a superhero mm-hmm. is part of it. All right. Okay. All right. And okay. and uh, yeah, it's Hal Needham. He was a stunt man, and that has informed the entirety of his uh, creative output yeah. that I've ever been able to figure out. Okay. And, he, and he also did uh, Mega Force, which is one of my favorite really terrible movies. Mega Force. <laughs> Kelvin showed me Mega Force when I saw it for the first time, and it was an ex- a, a, an ecstatic experience. <laughs> it really was. Our friend uh, Cargill is a big fan of Mega Force as well. Cargill is a lieutenant in Mega Force, but we are not watching Mega Force. No, we, we are, are watching uh, Cannibal Run. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we will do some quick non-spoilerish things before we head off to watch the movie. Of course, we should make it clear that the reason we are watching this film, it is part of our Bond series, and we have followed uh, the late Sir Roger Moore yes. from yes. Live and Let Die to Cannonball Run. So I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that Roger Moore is in this film. Because yeah, he, he plays, I, I understand he plays a parody of himself. Mm. In, in, mm. Yes. Mm. So one imagines he will play a British man. <laughs> you, you would think and uh, yeah, he would go on to play a parody of himself in other movies such as A View to a Kill but anyway uh, <laughs> oh, oh snap I'm going to use this Bond series to make as many jokes about A View to a Kill as possible I, you know what it, I, it, I'm good with that it's the best function of A View to a Kill <laughs> really, yeah. only, use it as a joke source. it's the only thing that <laughs> it can can do for itself yeah um, but uh, in any case, so we have followed uh, Roger Moore to this film, uh, and uh, he's not the star of the film, but this film has many stars. It is what they would call in uh, in the 70s and 80s when they made many more of such films, a star-studded 
film. It has a cast of several. A cast of several. At least, uh, looking at the cover of the DVD, uh, there mm-hmm. were at least 12 people that I recognized mm-hmm. on the cover of the DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't actually, that, I pulled that number out of my ass. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's know. it's one of those movies where you got Bill Stout to, to draw and hand paint the, the poster, and it had literally dozens of people on it, most of them recognizable. Yep. Yeah. Not all of them maybe even in the movie, but mm-hmm. it, <laughs> I think Bill Stott actually did the poster for I, anyway. I have kind of a weird fondness for that weird subgenre of comedy where it would just it's like a bajillion stars and like they have like a one line cameo or something and just yeah. leave. Yeah. Although, yeah, they're although they're the a little bit more just show up in fireman outfits and then <laughs> cut to something else. <laughs> <you know. laughs> did that happen in It's a Mad 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 World? Yeah. Which has a lot of common DNA. I, I think so. That's yeah, my, uh, we were impression. discussing that before you arrived. That mm-hmm. uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world uh, has a lot in common with this movie, in the, in 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 the sense that it's like they take a bunch of stars and they just let them be weird. And in um, a weird way, though, I think Cannonball Run has a it, it blends a little better than uh, Mad, 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 Mad World because Mad, 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 Mad World is such a just let's pour everybody into the bucket and see how they mix. And this uh, Hell Needham pictures tended to be Hell Needham had his friends and they had the larger circle of friends and pretty much they all worked together because they wanted to work together. So basically it's like an Adam Sandler film, but it doesn't suck. So right. (laughs) Right. It's true. So uh, what actually sounds like a film I would be interested in. <laughs> Basically imagine Adam Sandler film if it didn't suck and Adam Sandler wasn't in it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, I that's, would, that's, like, okay, yeah. It's like Garfield without Garfield. <laughs> it is. Oh. So, okay. we're going to watch uh, Adam Sandler without Adam Sandler or uh, as as they called it at the time, Cannonball Run. It's so much better than that. <laughs> and guys. We'll be, back, we'll be back to discuss the movie afterwards. We'll see you then. Smokey and the Bandit 2. Jackie Gleason as Smokey has two brothers who show up. And and one is a singing Canadian Mountie, and the other one's essentially Colonel Sanders. <laughs> with <laughs> with kind of like a uh uh, S&M boy toy with him? I don't understand, but it was kind of amazing because Jackie Wait. Gleason played all of them. And we are back. Many <laughs> offensive racial stereotypes yes. have been reinforced. Uh, quite a few. Some I, free, some I, some I even like well, forgot about. Many gratuitous stunts have been performed and, and uh, the movie is as far as we can tell over. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, I, Tim, for, for all the free... There's not, there's not a lot of the usual plot beats. There's not a lot of, the, there's yes. not a lot of the usual cues to let you know the film has ended, but, mm-hmm. but uh, you know... It, 
But there was a lot in credits with a lot of giggling involved. So yeah. it looks like everybody has a fun time. Yeah. By the way, Tim, for all the stuff that we said before we actually hit record, <laughs> is that yeah. going on the end as bloopers? Because it really some, should. Yeah, there, 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 no, there'll be some in there. See, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Calvin, as uh, sure. being our official person who has never seen the film before, we need to ask what did you think of Cannonball Run? I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's, Tougher to think of a of a dumber film. You should <laughs> and by and by and I and I, I kind of think of dumb almost as like a genre. <laughs> you know? Of which you own many of those movies. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty, I know your movie collection, yes, Kelvin. It's, it's a pretty darn dumb movie, but uh, it, it's very enjoyable in in a seventies uh, redneck. Uh, Non Adam Sandler kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Non Adam Sandler. There was no yeah. Adam Sandler. No. It was, yeah, uh, it's uh. There was yeah. Jackie Chan. There was Jackie Chan being Japanese. Being yes. Japanese. <laughs> yes, there was. Was there uh, not? Uh, yeah, yeah, because, along, because along Hal with, Needham uh, doesn't understand there's any particular difference. Yeah, and Michael. Well, I'm I'm sure he was making a. Uh, it, it was a joke on the uh, Japanese are taking over all the technology thing that was yeah. happening in the late seventies, early eighties, because it was yeah, because they had it was the all about the still every super high tech. No every time yeah. the Japanese car showed up and they played the which in itself, though a racial an, an offensive racial stereotype, specifically refers to Chinese. China. Yes. Well, and, and Michael um, Huey, uh, uh, who is the other guy in the car, also Chinese. But, you know, the, the reason they were both there is because Jackie Chan was essentially kind of doing Hal Needham stuff in China because he yeah. was kind of revamping the stunts industry well, over I, there. I, I've never seen it, but like his first English language movie was something called The Big Brawl, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which was... Uh, Probably maybe, appropriately titled. Maybe, maybe Hal Needham did some kind of stunt work on that or something mm-hmm. because it is. It was like essentially, uh, you know, like the, from, from what I understand, I haven't seen the movie, but it's like Cannonball Run, but with uh, instead of car racing, it's just fighting, <laughs> which I'm yeah. all for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, this was uh, the Cannonball Run was where most people in America were first introduced to Jackie Chan. Though, oh yeah, because th- this was a big step for him, and this is also where he got the concept of putting bloopers over the credits because. That's Since right. then, I remember that now. Yeah. yeah, you know when you watch a Jackie Chan movie, one of the things you see are all the outtakes. Uh, over the credits, all the stunts that went wrong and <laughs> people cracking up, and it's it's the exact same thing. And Hal Needham started doing that, and so did Jackie Chan. Yeah, so, it, because of Hal Needham. Because of I, Hal I Needham in a movie a... where he was playing a Japanese man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, J- Jackie Chan was apparently pretty upset about that. As as well, he I wonder be. why. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, not I'm like not shocked. A, it's not like there's a cultural. But then again, there. we had Jamie Farr playing a horribly offensive Good stereotype God. of a Middle Eastern man that was probably worse. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're, I we're getting know. into a, like a weird area here, like which is the worst stereotype. But the the Arab it's was a hell pretty of an bad awful stereotype. I, uh, at least he's Lebanese American. He's yeah. in brown face or anything. I, yeah, uh, there's at least no brown. Face. But no damning with faint praise here. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, there, there, there are certain levels of painful to go along with watching this movie now. Oh God, yeah, uh, and you've, the, you've got roofied uh, Farrah Fawcett oh, for God, a bit. Yeah. I did not realize Farrah Fawcett was in this film yeah. until um, she showed up, and yeah, she's there to be kind of the dumb blonde, mm-hmm. which yeah. kind of was and what for, she was yeah. playing at this 
point in yeah, time well, in her career. I, and really, know, I, I mean, she did is, Charlie's Angels, but yeah, that, this is kind of a weird area to get into. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's weird to say this, but like Charlie's Angels, like you, you can, Angels at least had some degree of brains, yeah, to them. You yeah, know, they were competent people. And, in theory, yes. And this was basically like a weird attempt to like just environmentalists are all idiots, uh-huh. you know, like they're. That like this weird political but, yeah, subtext of she was also a photographer at the beginning, but that that ceased to be important. Yeah, yeah, and well, and it's to kind of set up the the quote villain unquote of the movie, <laughs> who's just some stick in the mud guy who hates cars because <laughs> he likes trees. It's like the most. And then they, it's like the weakest villain motivation. It's, it, it's just kind of amazing all these these people. You know, Terry Bradshaw shows up, and you're like, yeah. "What the hell?" Yeah, Terry Bradshaw's in the movie, and and, and based on how everybody's they use it, in the movie, based on how they use the everybody else in the movie, what you assume is going to happen at some point, he's going to have to throw something a long distance. <laughs> <laughs> and it will yeah. be in a, why, 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 and it never happened and it feels like a missed opportunity <laughs> why, why cast a famous jock if they're not going to do jock stuff yeah it's it's like but, but well, I mean, Terry I'm, I'm was, sorry we we're not watching The Longest Yard yeah. <laughs> but, which but, is by the way an awesome movie the original one with I've Burt heard, Reynolds not the Adam with, Sandler one no <laughs> no no, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait that, not, is it not, Adam Sandler no no, no it, it was, was Bruce Willis boy. wasn't it I'm sorry Bruce Will- no, no, no way. Who no, was- there wasn't. There, I think there was, was a remake. But- there was a remake that I think Adam Sandler was in. Oh God! I'm not, but no, 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 no. The, the original one directed by Robert Aldrich with yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds without which a mustache, ha- which has the weird uh, prison yeah. politics. Stuff it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And anyway, so Burt Reynolds. They, it was related. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so no, Burt no, Reynolds. Yes, yes. We should. Uh, yeah, um, we should mention Burt Reynolds Burt because Reynolds, Burt Reynolds because this is the first real education movie in which. Burt Reynolds has been featured. Yes, and it's true. And he was super gigantic in the 70s. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's well, a huge I think he would star. Argue he was super gigantic all the time. Hey, yeah. Well, I've seen hey, that hey, Cosmopolitan hey. spread there. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, no, it, it, it's one of those things that's kind of, there isn't really a good modern equivalent of him, of like how, <gasps> yeah. how dominant he was. Mm-hmm. For I mean, like as far as the box there. office, you know, they could, when, when, they, I mean, they still do box office champions, but it doesn't feel the same. No, no, it no. really, it doesn't feel the same. And Burt Reynolds was was one of those last just giants where he could make any. Will Smith was probably mm. that's yeah, the closest that's probably equivalent true. of our era in terms yeah. of be uh, one of the few actors who could open a movie and it didn't really matter mm-hmm. how good or bad it was if Will Smith was in it. The movie opened strong for a very long time, and Burt Reynolds was the same way. Yeah, you know he he could open a, any movie when you put Burt Reynolds in it, it did better. Yeah, he's got an amazing amount of charisma and charm when you put him on screen, and that ran for a good long time. And you kind of forget that he was in things like Deliverance, and where he. You well, that was the f- where, where he like actually acts. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Deliverance was the first movie where people actually took notice of him. That yeah. was '72, uh, and that kind of started his run. Yeah, because uh, then that's when he went and did Longest Yard, and then uh, you know picked up steam with several other movies, and finally hit Smokey and the Bandit in what '76, I think it was. Yeah. and and that was a huge hit. Oh, it was it was and ginormous. Yeah, and and. Um, 
I mean, and it, it, it was it was like a, a an eleven or twelve year old boy movie when I was eleven and twelve years old. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> uh, my parents kind of forbade me from seeing it oh. because uh, smoking the bandit would be like a perfect example of like everything my parents thought was like killing the world. <laughs> you know? mm, they're not wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I had pretty, except my except parents for were rather restrictive about what I could see and, and and not see and things, and so like I didn't see a lot of these very formative boy movies <laughs> of the seventies until I was much older. But um, Sally Field was in that, and she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Always. But I, I mean, the Burt Reynolds, you. you you don't think of him as a great actor, and maybe he's not a great actor, but I, you know I mean, he's I mean, a he's a solid actor. He's a solid actor. I mean, yeah. he was. It was actually a surprise when he didn't win an Oscar for Boogie Nights. Yes, yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, um, everybody expected he, him to. He, he was like, phenomenal. Won all the awards leading up to the Oscars, and then they gave it to somebody else on mm-hmm. on Oscar night. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he actually has some skills. Here, I mean, his skills are useless. They're, well, they're, his, his skill is charm. Yeah. <laughs> his skills are irrelevant. Yeah, he's rolling against his charisma I, entirely I on this one. I lump him into, yeah, um, what I always think of is like Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. An extremely talented person who's just kind of lazy in a weird way. <laughs> well, he's but only like, going to act gonna, if he has to. Yeah. 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 But, but, you know, I mean, Eddie Murphy was is an insanely talented person, and yet he just kind of... Oh, I'm just gonna do this Eddie Murphy shtick and then leave. <laughs> yeah. but, but let's let's be fair in the sense that there is nobody in this movie who is acting. No, <laughs> everybody in this movie is. Cool. No, no, wait. Jackie Lum is acting the shit out of that role. <laughs> Jackie Lum <laughs> is a professional, and he is he is not phoning that shit in. <laughs> playing, playing a really genuinely disturbing character. Yes. <laughs> and you can tell he is having the greatest time. Some weird oh my God. doctor. Can you who... drink that stuff? I don't know. No, let's, let's find, find out. out. <laughs> mm. Some weird, massively drug adult doctor who uh, <laughs> seems to be okay just kidnapping random women and drugging them. A lot of things there. Uh, so I think, um, Melissa, we, we should probably talk about Hal Needham. We've yes. talked around Hal Needham. But, <laughs> yeah. but for the benefit of our listeners, we should explain <laughs> the explain. history of Hal Needham. We'll Needham-splain here, yes. Okay, so Hal Needham... Because we've referred to this as the Needham-verse. Yes. For, for this is not necessarily a great work of art, but no. Hal Needham is a very, very important person in cinema history because uh he it's probably the highest paid stuntman ever known Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he uh certainly had probably the most famous career of any stuntman and he probably acted in about 4,500 TV episodes, over 300 movies. Uh, He designed stunts. He was a stuntman. He invented all sorts of rigs for the stunt industry, both to make stunts safer for people to do and to make them more spectacular. And he is just generally renowned as just this huge innovator in the industry. And so you know, when he, he started really wanted to do is direct. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um, well, you know, he did want to direct, but you know, when you, when you become a master 
if you work in the movie industry and you're a master of your craft, you know, you kind of do want to direct and make movies that really kind of feature what you do. And so that's the movies that he made, Smokey and the Bandit and this and especially Hooper, which is a movie all about stunt people well, featuring Hooper, stunt people doing stunts for no do. reason whatsoever except to do stunts like just people, stunt people doing stunts for for, for the completely. sake of doing stunts. Yes, and absolutely. Hooper actually deserves its own real education. Uh, it's it's great, actually. Because it's actually a really good, good film. Yeah, I it's, really it's enjoy like, it. Like this if it's, if it's I, I don't want to say like this if it's good, but like this if it's like yeah. got a legit cinematic well, it's, it's one of those films where, where, you know... I can't believe I just used the phrase raison d'etre. <laughs> we describing a healthy... One of those films where Burt Reynolds is, you know, actually acting. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, well, got, it's got gravitas. It does, and, it does. And it's got Sally Field, which I think Sally is, Field. you know, fantastic. So, um, it, it, whereas a lot of other uh, Needham films are like Megaforce, which is uh, <laughs> both terrible and amazing. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> and it, very much I, about I, I, crashing I, things and exploding things and, and jumping I, off things and flying things in the air. Yeah, and I can't think of the name of it, but he also did a a movie about like BMX racing. Oh God! What? Uh, oh, that thing is astounding. <laughs> um, oh, what is it called? It's rad. 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 It's rad. called rad. It's called rad. Oh, oh my God! That movie. That movie. <laughs> oh my dear uh-huh. listeners, that movie. Uh, look up dance sequence. Rad, <laughs> because there is literally a scene. It's like a high school dance, except the two dancers are on bikes. They're on, both, on, on BMX bikes in oh a dance God. hall, surrounded by people watching them dance on bikes. It's amazing. It is so amazing. And it, yeah, I almost, I almost said BMX bandits, but that's the movie that discovered Nicole. And I, and I think the Rad, by the way. No, no, no. That's that's a different one. Cannonball Run. Yes. Two. Yes. Which is, yeah, rad. Oh, wow, rad. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> and I think the music to that sequence is Send Me an Angel. Oh, good God. I, I, if I remember. Anyway. Oh, speaking yes, I've, of, I've of, seen, of, uh, I've seen the things I've seen, dear listeners. Bringing up, speaking of angels and music, <laughs> why the hell is the end credits song a children's choir? A friend of his wrote it, which is probably <laughs> the reason that 90% of this stuff happened. Yeah. Okay, so, so so let's let's go back and talk about what this movie is. So, <laughs> so th- dear listeners, um, it's placed in the the cinematic this, firmament. Uh, it, it, you know, being one of the more famous movies that Hell Needham did, there's also this this thing where um, the the gentleman who wrote this movie, who's the same gentleman who wrote Smokey and the Bandit. Um, was also the executive editor of Car and Driver magazine, which explains a lot, I am sure. Mm. And um, several years prior to this movie, uh, Brock Yates is this guy's name. Uh, he, <laughs> right? Brock Yates. That, <laughs> just think about that. Brock Yates, editor, Car and Driver magazine. He, in I think it was 1971, decided to uh, host a race coast-to-coast coast across America and uh, it kind of as protest to uh, speed limits and you know gas shortages and all that bullshit, and, you know all those things. And uh, I think the first year, the only entry was him. 
<laughs> he drove across the the United States, and uh, but year after year, this race that became called the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. <laughs> Also known as the Cannibal Baker, or that makes it sound classy, right? It yeah. wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it, it was this total renegade car race across the United States, and there was a starting point in the East Coast, which changed every so often, but it eventually centered on. I think it was a, a, a automotive garage in New York City, where all the drivers started out, and then they'd zoom out as fast as possible to uh, the. Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach, California, and uh, just do the route as fast as possible. And I did look it up. There wasn't an actual proposed route or anything. It, the only goal was to get there as fast as possible. And so um, the ambulance in this movie is the actual ambulance that Brock Yates and Hal Needham mm-hmm. drove in this race on one of the years. And they, and pretty much this movie is, uh, they, they had a doctor and they had Mrs. Yates in the back as the quote patient in this ambulance, but they used an ambulance because they, uh, retrofitted it with this really super sexy motor and it had all the space in the back for gas tanks and would carry, I think like hundred gallons of gas at any one point. It had four different slots to put, uh, 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 gas station pumps into yeah. so they could fill it up super fast. So pull into gas stations, they put all four pumps, run them at the same time, yeah. fill it up, and then keep going. It's and, kind of a genius thing. Yeah, yeah. And and so nobody thinks of anything of a speeding ambulance. So uh, they probably would have done pretty well, except it uh, uh, choked on its own transmission somewhere in like Palm Springs, California, or something like that. Oh. And it, it did complete the race on the back of a flatbed truck. <laughs> so that, some of that was in the movie because they spent yes. some time yeah. on the back of a flatbed it's, truck. It's yep. strangely autobiographical. And, and yeah. he's, he's repairing the transmission because the transmission mm-hmm. was the problem. Right. So, right. And uh, mm. I, I, I think the... Uh, I can't believe these people are in it. Uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, where, where they're pl- where pretending to be priests. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a stunt someone did because, like, oh, they're not going to arrest priests. priests. In a very that, I'm sure that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and some of the it's other not cars explained at all in the film. <laughs> they're just dressed as priests. Yeah, for no damn reason. Uh, some of the other cars in the film were also cars that had previously done the race, and they borrowed them for the for the shoot. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah. I, my, my money was always on the the hot chicks in the Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, I Adrian Barbeau. I don't understand. Adrian how. Barbeau is in that car. Of course, she's going to win. I, you watch that movie, and I mean, it's ridiculous and everything like that. But I do not understand <laughs> how that Lamborghini was not fifteen hours ahead of every other car. I know. I know. It, it just doesn't even make sense. Well, not a lot of this movie yeah. makes sense. Well, it could be. There was one year of the race where. Uh, most of the cars got waylaid because they were going through the Donner Pass, essentially, <laughs> and it got snowed in. <laughs> and so most of the cars were not allowed through because none of them had chains, but there was a Porsche that did, and the Porsche went straight through and I think won that race that I year. I would think that they would have had very little problem at that point yeah. unless yeah. their transmission went out in Palm Springs. Right. Yeah. So There, there is a lot of weird little yeah. gratuitous things in this movie, like, uh, let's have the... 
no reason for this whatsoever. Let's just have Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise fly a two-seat airplane into some small town, buy beer, and leave. Yep. It was. It was also. It was also. They could do the stunt of landing the plane in the middle of a small town. Yeah. yeah. They're like, ah, we need a reason to do this. No, we don't. Let's just do it. <laughs> Let's just fucking but there's land like a plane. Absolutely no, no, nothing establishing that he can fly a plane or anything. No. There isn't even a shot of them like taking off. They're just suddenly in a plane. <laughs> yeah, that, it's I, it's need him logic. This movie for not being zippy. Yes, that's true. You really it's true. It, it, it's it true. moves right along. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Without is, so much as a transition to weigh no, it down. There were <laughs> some awkward smash cuts. Oh, God. Very, very little exposition required, at yeah. least in the minds of the filmmakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't really establish what this race, that no. this is even like really a race. Well, like there that. was a scene of the actual Brock Yates explaining the rules, but yeah. it, it's gone in a flash. Well, as, yeah. And as I, as I pointed out, they explain the rules, which is you start and you punch the time card, and then you punch the time card at the end. And it's a staggered start, but they're all together at the end, mm-hmm. which means... It's just whoever punches their card. It no longer matters. Race. Right. Yeah. Even though, since it was a staggered start, whoever started... That race first at that point is ahead, mm-hmm. and ahead by several minutes. Meaning that even if you knock them all over in an attempt to prevent, in an attempt to get there first, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you, as Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise were, are the last person to have left. You're already <laughs> minutes behind the rest of them. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can win if this... Anyway. anyway. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just funny because it, it the movie at no point thinks about such trivialities. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, really explain what the heck uh, Roger Moore is doing there. I know. Or, or, or excuse me, Seymour Goldfarb <laughs> Jr. Pre- thinking <laughs> he's Roger forgot, Moore. There's also so the anti-Semitic stuff in this film. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're missing. We're missing an ethnic group. Sammy, All the Jews. Yeah, okay. Sammy Davis Jr. holds up his star of the da- star of David, and the soundtrack goes. Of course. And of course, Dom DeLuise, who has a split personality issue, where he he turns into turns into a superhero called Captain Chaos, as you predicted. Uh-huh. I, the, I, I do, okay. Uh, uh, Two superheroes. Okay, um, back in the day, I used to be on this bulletin board system all the time called the B-Movie Message Board. I, I know this. Yes. It, I know this Melissa's very well. Familiar with this. There was a, a regular there named Chad P- Planbeck, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, his icon was Captain Chaos. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and... <laughs> Chad Chad bears a reasonable resemblance. He does to to, to Dom DeLuise. He's he's a large guy. Yeah, and kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see that. So I could see that. It's like yeah, Captain Chaos. That's that's kind of amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Captain Chaos is kind of amazing. Uh huh. Like and he's legitimately can beat people up. I I thought yeah. like he was just be like, he would just be like super incompetent. Mm-mm. But no, he's 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 actually capable of beating up Peter. Yeah, Ponda. I thought he would be yeah. like the. You know, like the tick or something where he's just like an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And by the way, 
Peter Fonda's Peter in this Fonda. movie Fonda. for a hot minute. <laughs> this is like, oh, uh, let's uh, yeah. Peter Fonda. This Peter, he called up Peter Fonda probably said, Peter, do you want to be in this movie? Yeah, because yeah, why not? And, and yeah, there was. He was in the movie. Is. Yeah, everybody's but, uh, in this movie. We do need to spend a moment on Sir Roger Moore, the late we do. Sir Roger we do. Moore. Um, he, I think one of the most fascinating things about this movie is that, uh, first of all, he's, he couldn't say he was playing James Bond, so they're just saying he's playing, pre- or he is, or he thinks he's Roger Moore. To yes, put it more they properly, have a, they have a theme um, for him that's very reminiscent. So close, <laughs> so close. And Roger Moore, in his entire run as James Bond, never got to drive an Aston Martin DB5, but he does it here. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. so he's li- he, he is he is playing uh he is driving uh 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 a kind of a parody of the Goldfinger car, with all the the buttons and widgets and mm-hmm. oil slicks and injector seats. The, and, the most archetypal Bond thing. And he shows car. every time he shows up, he's with a different woman who is always voiced by June Foray, <laughs> aka <laughs> Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle, and. Uh, AKA just about any female voice you can think of in cartoons. Yeah, and and also Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's just it, it, it's amazing watching Roger Moore play himself, playing himself. Yeah, or so. It, 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 there's a, just, there are layers of meta there that are really astounding. Again, somebody called up Roger Moore and said, "Roger, you want to come out here for a week and just do this thing." Mm-hmm. And Roger was like, well, that sounds well, fun. Well, most yeah, of, uh, the weather's warm, I suppose so. Most of the actors on this movie only worked for two or three days. Because when you have a movie filled with like 50 characters, you only have to film with each one for a few few scenes. Yeah. And so it was really easy to get a lot of these big names because it's like, hey, you're, you're free this afternoon. Let's shoot something. And, and here we are. And so um, I think for a while... Uh, 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 Burt Reynolds was the highest paid actor ever because he got five million for doing this movie, yeah, and, he, and he only worked for three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only scene where they really kind of all had to be there is at the end, and like the weird fight scene when the bikers show up. For yeah, reason. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, but, "Oh, that's right, we've got Jackie Chan here. Jackie, can you just do the what fight? you do?" I'm glad they gave. Jackie Chan a scene to just do some kung fu stuff. Yeah, that's legit. And, yeah, because he and like okay, step away from the Asian stereotype thing. Mm-hmm. Just kick some ass. Yeah, okay. Just do the magic that you do. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> it makes me wonder when he does the splits uh-huh. kick at the end and his pants rip. Was that planned or? I'm sure was, it was. Oh, because I, I mean, just knowing just knowing Jackie Chan movies, it's like yeah, that's. Because <laughs> I I just think it would be funny if it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> and he just played it off that <laughs> it way. Was just like oh, oh hey, well I think that it, the tricky. customers did not think about what would happen when I did this. It, it, you know, it, it, it's it's clearly a pretty loose set. And I think um, I think it's hilarious because it really does fit that definition of an Adam Sandler film where it's just a bunch of people dicking around and making a movie and having a grand time doing it, and you know know, the end product. A lot of effort into the cars. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Rat Pack movie. It is. It it is. It's Ocean's Eleven with with cars. Actual Rat Pack members. Actual Rat Packers. Yeah. 
It's a it's a crazy crazy film. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we should be getting on to final thoughts pretty quickly here, mm-hmm. Melissa. Oh uh, goodness, are there any I have other so much details that we oh, need to share. Oh before God, we get there? let's see. Um, uh, Hal Needham has an Oscar. He got an honorary Oscar in 1987 for developing a certain uh, type of camera car and crane for uh, oh, yeah. shooting. Uh, I forget they actually stuff. have Oscars for things like that. Yeah, yeah. He, it yeah. was one of the uh, special technical That's awards cool. yeah. that he won that year. And uh, let's see. Also, he apparently, uh, during one film shoot, they were filming in Czechoslovakia and the Russians invaded. And he was part of. Saving the crew from the Russians. This is a guy who, this is a guy who lived a very interesting life. Um, He was uh, down on his luck for much of his later career because pretty much like after Megaforce, it it was kind of Megaforce was not uh, a success. Megaforce was a (laughs) bomb. Oh, it did not do well. Why is that? And so for for a a long while, he was really down on his luck, and he was actually living in the guest house in Burt Reynolds's estate for well, like in the little little backlot house that. He has there, and uh, so yeah, he had, his career kind of faded out. With uh, he did a series of four made-for-TV Smokey and the Bandit movies, which um, I have watched. <laughs> I don't recommend. <laughs> really, they don't have Burt Reynolds in it or Sally Field and uh, Taylor Dane's in that. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, in one of them. For a while, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It, no, it's not that interesting. So don't don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he did pass away. Oh, pretty recently, like two years 2013, ago, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. That's about right. That's about right. I did. And and also, um, Rock Yates just passed away uh, within the last year. Hmm. So, uh, and also Farrah Fawcett passed away in 2009, yeah. same day that Michael Jackson died. Oh, God. Way to that, overshadow Farrah's death, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Let Farrah have her moment. Of yeah. Play. Yeah. Michael. And uh, Dom DeLuise also left in 2009, sadly. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, yeah. but Burt Reynolds is still and around. Burt Reynolds so. is still around and... Probably still has great things to do. Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. No. No. And Adrian. Roger Moore just recently. Just, just recently. Mm-hmm. Jack Elam went a while ago. Jackie yeah, a long Chan's while ago. still alive, but he Jackie can't Chan walk went. so well. Yeah, poor guy. But he he's, he's getting up there in age. He, he did had a good. To his body. Yeah, he had a good long run yeah. to his yeah. career for he did. what he does. He did. And we, I mean, we needed to, to need to do it. Actual Jackie Chan film. Oh, I'm happy to do um, that. Oh, by the way, uh, his partner Michael Huey. Um, I will. I will say that uh, he is. He's not well known to American audiences. Not much of his stuff has come over here. But he often does uh, comedy routine stuff with his two brothers. And Ricky Huey, one of his brothers, is uh, one of the main guys in Mr. Vampire, which I dearly love. Just just gotta say. There we go. Oh, he, he's in Mr. Vampire. He, yeah. Okay. He, he's one of the uh, two young kids who work with the oh. main priest in Mr. Okay. Vampire. Yeah. The, Mr. The Vampire one, is super bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, the one that does the, the really fascinating stunts is Ricky Huey. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. uh, we are at the point of final thoughts on Cannibal Run. Kelvin, please. Boy. What is your final thought on Cannonball Run? Oh, God. I, I uh, 
I wish I'd seen this movie when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have probably really super enjoyed it when I was, was 12. I, it, now I, all I can see is like, this is really racist. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to watch a lot of this older, oh God. the older comedies. Just yeah, because of that. you forget how much ethnic stereotyping is in them. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention Mel Tillis yet. Nope. Uh, <laughs> we should. Mel, Mel Everybody Tillis was, in was a country singer who was more famous for stuttering than for singing country music. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I could be totally wrong. I'm not a a student of country music, but I just he was on a bunch of stuff just being Mel Tillis and it and speaking awkwardly and he seemed to be okay with that i remember him being on some of the dean martin celebrity roasts Mm -hmm. uh, which may have come out of this movie (laughs) it's possible but uh um yeah it's just that's a weird career the the strange celebrity of mel tillis but um yeah it's it's um i've been giving this movie a lot of crap but it is in very brainlessly enjoyable. <laughs> I, I figured you it just, the the uh, you can tell everyone on this movie was just sloshed. I think, <laughs> and 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 somehow their their sense of fun does carry through, and you're just like, yay! Yeah, <laughs> bunch of people screwing around with cars. Cool. Okay. Yay! <laughs> All right, Melissa, final thoughts. Okay, George Firth, who played Foyt, mm-hmm. uh, was also in Blazing Saddles and Butch Cassidy and the yeah. Sundance Kid yes. and a bunch of stuff yeah. in the 70s. Uh, he was uh, also a writer, and he was writing a series of one-act plays where um, the same actress would be, play the lead in all of them, and he and it didn't go anywhere, and eventually he showed it to his friend Stephen Sondheim, who then showed the concept to Harold Prince, and that became the musical Company. Huh. And so George Firth huh. has a Tony Award for writing company. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there you awesome. are. And here, he's, here he is in this movie where he's, <laughs> right? he's trying to give a speech about like how cars are awful. And then behind him, <laughs> Mel <laughs> Tillis and Terry Bradshaw rev up the car so much that it shatters the window. Because <laughs> that would happen. Yes. No, it wouldn't. What a strange uh, film. It's so funny. My final thought is simply that uh, for as little story as this film has, I will give it a certain amount of credit for being the fact that you can follow what's going on, even though there's no attempt on the, ha- on, on the uh, behalf of the filmmakers to tell you what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, and, and, and that, uh, you have to give them some props for that. I mean, <laughs> granted they're doing a race movie mm-hmm. and as long as you understand that the re- race begins and that for most of the film, they are racing and at some point they will reach the finish line and somebody will win. The rest of it is kind of just dressing. Right. Uh, so yeah, like, oh, so, oh, they're in Missouri now. There's just like no establishing that. They're oh, gonna, El Paso. Why are they going to why El Paso? Are El Paso? Why, why are they in New Jersey? El Paso. To go to El Paso, they needed to go basically due south from New Jersey, from Missouri. Yeah. They get to St. Louis and they turn south. If they're going through El Paso, that's not the most efficient path. No. Yeah. By far. Trying to figure out the route. You have to work route. to get to El Paso. Trying to figure out the route that they took. <laughs> um, is is kind of interesting as well as as well as you know the idea that somehow they all stay on the same road. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, because that's not what I'm sure happened in the real Cannonball Run. Death Race 2000 has a better uh, is, is better <laughs> at addressing these sort of issues. <laughs> it is. We, d- it really is. And have we done Death no, Race 2000? Oh, death. We, oh we need to do Death yeah, Race 2000, it's guys. It's pretty great. We really do. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I, I, the, well, I did, I, I did want to say, I just mm-hmm. I remember seeing. You're, you're never going to be able to end this episode, know, Tim. Sorry. No. I just remember seeing some quote from Hell Needham where he literally said, said something like, I can tell you everything you need to know about directing in five minutes. It's about right. Yeah. And that seems like a, a an excessively reductionistic view of filmmaking. Especially given that his direction <laughs> is pretty, pretty, pretty plain Jane. Mm-hmm. He just uh, kind of sits the camera at eye level and turns it on and, here, go do some wacky stuff. Well, when when an actual stunt is happening on oh, screen, yeah. that's when the, the film kind of comes alive. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. that's because well, he knows what he's doing there. Yeah. It's his thing. Yeah, and until Michael Bay came along, you know, he was probably a great second unit director and then Michael <laughs> yeah. Bay is like yeah. the greatest second unit director of all time, except uh, he's, he's, um, not he's not a second unit director. Yeah. Anyway. That's, yeah. That seems to be the problem. So, uh, Kelvin, uh, you have a podcast that uh, we should allow you to plug at this point. I I do. Uh, I am in a podcast uh, that mostly covers uh, the classic era of Doctor Who. We do sometimes address the new series. Uh, it's called Get Off My World. I do it with uh, Pat Harrigan and Joshua Scrimshaw, and we will be... Um, oh, this isn't going to go up before uh, Convergence. Sure it is. It's going up tomorrow. It is? Okay. It is. Yes. Because we will be doing it, uh, recording it live at Convergence, uh, I believe, 2 o'clock on Sunday. Sweet. All right, so for and those uh, we'll be we'll be actually talking about um, oddly enough the current uh, series, the current season, and we'll be discussing the last four uh, episodes of of the season. Are there any cars that explode? Not. Uh, then, I'm trying to think if there ever is a car explosion in Doctor Who. Then fuck your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There had to have been an exploding car in the third Doctor. There had to be. But I can't picture one right now. Because third Doctor kind of dug cars. That was a, it was a, the, the most car heavy. He's well yeah. known. Yeah. He's well known as the car doctor. Yeah. Um, so, and, um, <laughs> he, he had Bessie. Speaking of exploding cars. I know cars, the name of the car. I, I, so do I. What? I All right. Speaking of exploding cars, our next podcast will yes. return to the world of James Bond <gasps> as we look at Timothy Dalton's turn as James Bond by watching The Living Daylights, which, spoiler alert, Features an exploding car. It's even in the pre-credit it's in the season. Pre-credit. It's yeah. really early. So yeah. Yeah. when it, when it comes to spoiling, we are not spoiling a whole hell of a right. lot of the film by mentioning right. the yeah, exploding I haven't seen, car. Well, I haven't seen The Living Daylights in a long time. I remember getting... I remember liking Mariam Dabo a lot. Yeah? Mm. Mm. She, was, she was an oddly... How would I put this? An unusually distinctive Bond girl. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kelvin... Yeah, she, she I agree. Really, Looking, you know, without being Kelvin's and, and boy, brief review of the Living Daylights. <laughs> yes, fifteen days early. <laughs> Dear listeners, that's the bonus you get for us bringing Kelvin. All right. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Join us next time for Living Daylights. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. Dee, dee.